Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 216. Brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always... Joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, the time has come. I have grown tired of your backstabbing, no. your jealousy, no. your plagiarizing, your what? stealing my... <laughs> okay, this is funny until now. <laughs> and I am flying the... I'm flying the... I announced it, by the way, gentle listener, if you haven't seen this on Twitter yet, I have accepted a role as the executive producer for Team Community Podcast at SB Nation, which means this is my last season with you guys, and the season is almost at an end, which means that the Kist and Solek show that you're listening to right now is one of a handful of the last ones, I guess, with the, with the few weeks remaining in the NFL season, which is depressing news, uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of uh, outpouring of support, and also anger. Uh, that the Kist and Solak show would not be continuing at the uh, at the end of the uh, the conclusion of the season here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your support and your kind words. It has been amazing. Uh, I am saddened by the fact that uh, this this is the last season with BGN. Also excited uh, to continue to build stuff with uh, SB Nation, including you know helping oversee the health of uh, this BGN feed right here, which Benjamin will still be a part of. So all of you vultures. Can stop snaking around, Ben. He's not going anywhere. So if it needs to be the Solak and Solak show, that's what it's going to be. But we're going to figure stuff out. Ben, your thoughts? He calls me Benjamin now because <laughs> he's my big boss. Mr. Kiss does, that is. Uh, no, well, so firstly, Mike, thank you. Uh, from me, from everybody else in the network, and from all the listeners hopefully listening along, thanks. This is a tremendous feed with extremely high-quality content. Uh, for which you have been primarily responsible. And it's awesome. It's the best <laughs> Eagles podcast here. And that's, that. I mean, that's not like saying it's the best Vikings podcast. I don't mean for the Vikings to catch a stray <laughs> randomly right here, but also screw the Vikings, 38 to 7, suck it. <laughs> but best Eagles podcast is High Brace. Uh, it's, it's a really good field with a lot of very talented people. The best podcast feed is here, uh, and it's yours. And it will be good for a long time. For as long as there are people here remembering the standard of work you put into it all the time. And so we're, we're very appreciative. We're very thankful. Uh, and especially, you know, for those who are sad to see Kiss go, think about how awesome and, and how much you've enjoyed this feed for the last however long you've been listening. And now remember that because of that, Mike's now in charge of 
so many other feeds and, and, and is, and is going to be able to help so many other fan bases get good coverage. And with that thought in mind, you should wish you didn't enjoy it as much because I need to still be here. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, the notion that the work that you've done here uh, was so well noted, was so loved that you and I get to go do it for a bunch of other brands. So congratulations to you. We thank you so much. We love you so much. With that said, yeah, so like and so like show, baby. We've been angling for this for ages. This this was the long play, all right. This was the con. This, this is the little is finger the, back. What is? Uh, I'm the captain now. That's what he said. Look at me. Yes, I'm the captain now. Oh man. Well, we don't know. We we should actually say officially. Um, future of of my shows at the the feed are yet unknown. Uh, if you have ideas, tell me. I'll like it, but I won't do it. Uh, so many people have been like, "Here's what you do, bad." I'm like, "Yeah, right." So sounds great. Sounds great. Um, so we sure. we don't know that yet. Uh, we don't know if, if Kiss and I will ever hop on the the mic together again or not. But it's great news for Mike and it's great news for everybody. Yeah, and we can do the sappy goodbyes and everything like that when we do our uh, send off show at the at the end of the season. Yeah, if so you haven't know. left a review, you got one chance left. And by one, let I mean me several. Know. I don't care. Let me know what you think about me. Hit me right. with both barrels and Just then, five stars. Both barrels. Here we go. <laughs> so Ben, uh, today we are going to be previewing the Eagles matchup. With the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow at uh, at right around four o'clock p.m. I'm not sure is it four o five is it four twenty five doesn't matter. So we're gonna be doing that. We're gonna be looking at both sides of the ball, looking at the injury report, all that good stuff. But first, I wanted to talk about another backstabber besides you, or a, a little finger type, which is Howie Roseman. According to, <laughs> I oh, like that you're just stunned that I'm. I, I, look, you tried to leave me first. I got. I've. I've when i'm totally slandering ben right now. awesome <laughs> i accept so let, let's talk about this report though because this was uh done after the uh the most recent bgn radio something that they would typically cover however there is a report from the philadelphia inquirers paul domowich stating that the eagles have not considered firing howie roseman at the conclusion of this season there's a quote in here this interesting quote one thing that one thing that definitely isn't hanging in the balance, though, much to the chagrin of many Eagles fans, is the future of general manager Howie Roseman. Sources close to the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, said that while no decision has been reached on whether Peterson will be back for his sixth season, Roseman's return never has been in doubt. Weird sentence. In fact, it's not even something Lurie has contemplated, which, end quote, uh, that that's fascinating. And it really does kind of like give you a peek behind the curtain there if that if that's true how Roseman has really just navigated these waters and has come out on top of all of these power power struggles to where Peterson's just like, man, I don't even care if I get fired because I, I think he feels like he's not going to win this one against Howie because, I mean, from this report as well, Lori thinks the world of Roseman, thinks he can do no wrong is something that was said in the article, sees him as a messiah, as a one-time Eagles front exec, uh, front office exec said on Wednesday, can do no wrong. Like that, that's, so Roseman wait, 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 is wait. Who, so Who said much, he sees him as a messiah? Was it who I think uh, it is? A, a one-time Eagles front office exec. Now, is that Lewis Riddick? Who can say? Is that, wait, is that, that in the, the article? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, it did not say exactly the name, but it, I like. Riddick, Banner, like right. the usual suspects with these types of things, because we understand that, like, especially Riddick, there's no love lost there, who's getting his own general manager uh, interviews now this offseason. But, but sticking with this, man, it really just feel like, like you look at Jack Jack Esterby over with the Houston Texans, who has survived uh, uh, different changes and whatnot, and you look at him like a little finger type dude, Howie Roseman is just crushing the power struggle game, the, the, yeah. the backhand dealings, the politics, all of that stuff. 
and is looks like he's going to come out clean for at least another year in this thing while a Super Bowl winning head coach may take the brunt of it may take the may end up with who knows the Los Angeles Chargers uh with Justin Herbert wouldn't that be uh wouldn't that be fun after we watched Anthony Lynn just totally bungle Thursday night anyway Ben your your thoughts on this whole thing Messiah had to have been been Riddick man I my new biggest (laughs) pet project is just staying up at like trying to find old quotes that I think were how we're Lewis Riddick talking about Harry Roseman this is my favorite thing (laughs) I I am praying he gets a GM job a so the Eagles can like have a better more stable team than him over the course of x number of years that would be hilarious and b so that when they do the executive meetings the the whole coaches everybody gets together thing they have to stand next to each other in the picture would love it anyway (laughs) There's a there's a a little bit of we we knew this all along and I, I I do think it's a story I do think it's legit like Dumbo did a great job writing it good job reporting it Roseman's endurance in Philadelphia is is you know kind of it, it points to how much he's been loved by Jeffrey Lurie the entire time right you know what I mean like right. he made it through 2010 with Andy came out the better for that got you know the one bench in 20. 14 2015 right when uh, uh chip kelly chip. took over and then was able to come right back on top of it he has never worked anywhere except for in philadelphia my 20 years now salary cap in 2000 to now the executive vice president and general manager in 2020 you don't do that without the owner being a real big fan you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that le- that level of stability outside of new england is unprecedented uh so so there's a, a little bit of like a we knew this sort of a situation now the fact that him being fired is not at all on the table is concerning because i think that you yeah. would want that to be a part of the conversation you would want to say as an owner this past season was unacceptable and in that it was unacceptable everybody's on the table and even right. if it's an empty threat even if it doesn't mean anything at least you you vocalize that and you you give everybody the sensation of we we, we must do better here Right, yeah. the roster. It should, it should have the feel of, a, of at least a serious conversation to where Howie's like, "Man, I feel the the, the pressure to win right. now." I think right because I think if if your average Eagle fan could get one thing, it would be the ability to like say to Roseman, "Hey, Wentz is horrible now," and probably part of that is the fact that you've got no wide receivers in this building the last four years, and that kind of sucks, and we don't like you. You know what I mean? Like you'd want like that like tension to be real for Roseman, right? And there's a chance that that conversation's been had, and there's a chance that that's that's very real. I think that kind of, I would assume at least, in the Roseman's not in danger situation, in that statement, there's an implied and and assumed and continuation of, we're going to make changes in the front office to continue to account for that at which Roseman is strong and that at which Roseman is weak, right? Like, there at, at no point when Joe Douglas was fought, was brought in was it like oh wow what an indictment on Howie Roseman oh this is what does this mean for Howie Roseman it was always like this is how he's built this his is, bench right this is what it should be right when Andrew Barry was was brought in right I mean it was one hundred percent viewed as a let's attach like we'll bring him attach him to Roseman he'll be here for one or two years he's great he's valuable he knows how to value personnel but also like this will be such that he gets a big feather in his cap to go get hired somewhere else it gets clear that like the Eagles bench in the front office is viewed as a good spot to be for future you know a development uh professional development and also to have impact on personnel right so they produced two gms absolutely exactly in the last 400 days so you you there's a there's that sensation so I, i would imagine that's what the conversation's around what 
will be frustrating. What will be what will really make this damning is if the Eagles fail to execute the necessary, honest, difficult moves of resetting this roster, making it young again, and making it, it developmental. Because regardless of the next three games of Jalen Hurts, playoff berth or not, success or not, you're going to have to let good talent go to get under the cap. And then you're going to have to let declining talent go because it's declining talent and it's taking away snaps from your developmental talent, right? And so that's where you might have Jim Schwartz and have Harry Roseman in a room and say, Malik Jackson is good. We like Malik Jackson. He's a six-sack year guy. He's a great part of our rotation. Our rotation is super important. Somebody in the room has to be able to say, ah, brothers do $12 million and we're keeping Hargrave and we're keeping Cox. Mm. We need to talk about this guy potentially being moved on from, right? And you're, you're going to have to say, this is an over 30 defensive tackle and, and we're going to potentially let him walk on the final year of his deal, right? No guaranteed salary. He's got to go. So that, that like, if they're like, oh, we're going to hold on to Billy Jackson. Maybe we'll be good this year. That's what it'll be like. All right. Whoever the voices in the room are, they're not powerful enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that's that's the main concern. But like, I don't know. I'm not surprised how he's safe. And I also think that there's a good chance that he can stay and be fine. Like, even if you don't think Howie's very good at this, he's clearly not so bad that it's prohibitive to a Super Bowl because they won one when he was here. So you at he least was, still have that within range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he was a genius in the run up to that. I mean, people want to call it luck or whatever, whatever you want. Look at what he did in the 2016-2017 offseason. Those were some fantastic moves that panned right. out really well. And part of that, sure, is luck. you got to be you know, relatively healthy with those guys and so on and so forth. He's been unlucky as far as that goes with some of those signings. Uh, I don't like his approach to wide receiver at all. I'm not going to make any excuses for the guy when it comes to that because you're paying, what, I don't know, 24 mil against the cap for Alshon Jeffrey and and Deshaun Jackson this year? What are they producing? They bring in Mm -hmm. five to six extra additions at wide receiver this year, and they don't have a 1,000 yards combined. So uh, there are areas in which, including second corner and all this stuff, and we we can place blame, there are areas in which he certainly has failed, but he is also, you know, yeah. this city is Super Bowl. And he's gone from, what, hero to villain to to villain to hero to, like, a, a back and right. forth and whatnot. When you've been he in a knows. city like Philadelphia for 20 years, you know what I mean? You're going to, yeah. So I think what it is is, okay, Roseman, should Roseman be fired? Mm. I like I I I don't think it's a yes. You know I, I'm not I I haven't been sold on the Roseman firing. I haven't been sold on the Peterson firing. I know there's been people who said like Roseman should be fired. I know BLG is a big Roseman should be fired guy. I could see it. I could see how it would make sense. As always, I want to know who the replacement is, but whatever. Right. If what, he stays, what if I put it to you like this. What if I put it to you like this? Okay. If you had to choose, who do you fire, Peterson, Roseman. or Roseman? If I choose, it's Roseman. Same. Yeah. Same. I don't think if you do neither, fine, whatever. But the front office, this upcoming offseason and draft cycle has to make significant strides towards a rebuild, getting younger, getting cheaper, getting good developmental talent, whilst generating a good plan for the quarterback position. And if they are incapable of doing that with Roseman plus whomever, then they are insufficient for the, the obstacles that currently face you. And you have to make a change because what you're telling Roseman is you built this roster. It's bad now. You need to tear it down. And that can be a hard thing for, 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 for proud, smart people to do. 
you know, and so that that's that's the the, the obstacle. It's a, it's a tricky one. So okay, yeah. you want to keep Roseman? You want to add more people to the front office? Go for it. They are responsible for it. You know, you need to get out of the 2021 season to be able to say confidently, these are our offensive cornerstone pieces, these are our defensive cornerstone pieces, and this yes. is our quarterback for our upcoming Super Bowl run, whether it's Wentz Hurst or somebody else. That's what you need to be able to say at the end of 2021. And if this front office can't give you that at the end of 2021, that's where that's where you're you're now just treading water. You're gonna yeah. same front office 2022. You're still not gonna have an answer. Same front office 2023. You're still not gonna have an answer. So that's that's where you know you 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 start like I said, treading water and just moving in place. Yeah, and you're gonna have to gut this roster and still have a a winning team, in my opinion. I mean, nine and seven will probably get the job done if you have the answers to the questions that you just posed mm-hmm. to to give them another year. I I definitely agree with that. Uh, BleedingGreenNation.com does not agree with the fact that uh, <laughs> Roseman. Should, I mean, look at this poll. Should the Eagles fire Howie Roseman? 91% say yes. And again, I don't necessarily disagree with them. I might not right. be as. I mean, there's uh, 100% of post game podcasts in which I have said explicitly, you've got to fire Howie Roseman. But that's 100%. a post game podcast, and I'm not responsible for those. <laughs> right. It's just like live tweeting, man. We're just firing things off in the moment, and that's how we feel at that moment. But when you step back and look at it, fire Howie Roseman. All right, Ben. When we come back here on the Kiston Solak show, we're gonna we're gonna have to hit up Wow, already just out, just not done with podcasts, not even trying, can't even speak English anymore. Whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to give you uh, more stuff to edit. I'm trying to see how does how does Ben attack this one? Well, I'm leaving how does he that fix in. this one? Now that I'm in charge of the editing button, potentially, I don't know if I edit this podcast or not. But <laughs> now I get every stumble of yours. Yep, that's standing. Cardinals Eagles preview coming up next right after this here comes the commercial and we're back here on the kissed and solak show episode 216 sb nation bleeding green nation bringing it to you michael kissed here with benjamin solak ben so we, we spent some time on the front end it's late in the week we've got the previews out there and whatnot we've got the qb factory out there we've got bgn radio We've got Augustus screaming in the background. Don't worry about that, guys. Parents are, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, so, Ben, let's get into this uh, Eagles-Cardinals matchup. First off, let, let's talk about some injury transaction, I guess you, you, you would call it. Uh, Jack Driscoll, right tackle, injured reserve. Avante Maddox, cornerback, injured reserve, which means that Matt Pryor will start at right tackle. That's a mess. And... Who knows? We'll start at the other quarterback, probably Jalen Mills, because they have zero depth at the quarterback position anymore. It's Kavon Seymour. It's other guys that I just learned existed last week. So there are a lot of issues there that we're going to talk about. But additionally, with cornerback Darius Slay in the concussion protocol, he is questionable for Sunday. And then in the interior, Willie Jackson is also questionable. So Ben, injuries once again, shuffling the deck on the uh on the titanic essentially yeah so this is now 13 offensive line uh, combinations yeah. that have started taking the first snap so it's not even like oh changes injuries in 13 and 14 games for philadelphia is truly stunning um stoutland is a stud man. right I, the goal by the way the goal is not to have the most combined configurations yeah no, not the objective <laughs> uh if right now if i asked you could you remember the week that they kept it steady that it didn't change because 13 or 14 I have no idea which eight. one it is. Eight. <laughs> I don't right, know. yeah, exactly. Like, I literally could not tell you. This has been just been far too much change. Uh, the Cardinals uh, blitz a lot and stunt and twist a lot. I would say that this is not the sort of defense that you'd 
want to have offensive line changes on, but the Eagles have had offensive line changes every single week, so it's not going to be anything new for them. And they've struggled to deal with those uh, every single week, so it's not going to be anything new for them. When you get twists and stunts, you're going to be able to get pressure with four. And when they send pressure packages, uh, especially with the rookie quarterback back there, uh, Jason Kelsey does most of the pointing out of blitzes, both when it's Wentz and when, when it's with Hertz. But obviously having a five-year quarterback back there gives you a little bit more of a uh, a, a safety net for, for your center and pointing out protections uh, with the second start quarterback back there. It's a little bit of a riskier proposition. So uh, blitzes and, and stunts, you continue to anticipate them struggling with the offensive line prior is not a tackle. He may not even be a guard. Uh, he may not be a guy, period. Um, but it is definitely not a tackle. Uh, so you're in a dangerous spot there. Driscoll, by the way, uh, he's now had multiple injuries this year, which is concerning. Uh, he was a little yeah. bit banged up. He was a, a five-year career in, in college. He was a little bit banged up for a lot of college. But, man, he played well and he was healthy. He was good. He was good. He's, he's, he can be on this team and he can play, take snaps for you if he just doesn't, if he's able to stay healthy. Uh, so, right. And then Avante Maddox, uh, Michael Jaquette, or Kavon. It's Kavon Wallace, Kavon Seymour. Kavon Seymour. There you go. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, firstly, if Darius Slay plays, you're still looking at Christian Kirk, and you're looking at Andy Isabella, and you're looking at Larry Fitzgerald, guys who haven't been great, but certainly can can beat up on practice squad wide receiver, oh, practice squad corners. If there's no Slay, you can't. Because you it's, it's, it's DeAndre Hopkins isolated backside. And here's the problem. The Eagles ran a ton of zone coverage against the Saints, and it was awesome. They yeah. got into cover three 25 different ways, moving people around. They played a ton of two high zones. Everybody eyes on Taysom Hill. Don't let him break outside of the pocket. Yes, it gave up some some intermediate Michael Thomas completions, but they were able to survive those, especially once Slay, uh, the, you know, Slay went down. Obviously, they had to stay in zone, but even before Slay went down, they were playing zone with him and Maddox, and it was going fairly well. You're going to have to sit in zone against Murray and, and this air raid offense, and it's honestly not a terrible idea. Murray's another scamperer, so you want to be able to have eyes on him when he breaks the pocket. He's not very good at throwing intermediate windows between zones. One of his biggest weaknesses, as a matter of fact, this defense or this offense largely operates outside of the numbers, throwing to the sides. Uh, and so being in zone isn't bad, but still not having the ability to one-on-one DeAndre Hopkins. Like once you get to the 10-yard line, you can't play zone on Hopkins. I mean, you, you, if there's no slay, you got to double him. I mean, you can't ask Michael Jaquette to just be like, yeah, DeAndre, go. Like it's your first start. Deal with it. You can't. You can't do that. Um but what's what's really nice, if you look to last week, is the fact that Jim Schwartz very infrequently changes his base coverage ideas week to week. Like this right. year, the Eagles have been a man coverage team. And sometimes it's been like, wow, they're really getting burned in man coverage. They should play some zone. And Jim Schwartz has been like, ha ha, man. Like, you know, he, he it is not regular. Like he'll pitch change ups, but it's very regular that he comes out with a whole different game plan, a whole different approach for an offense. Well, with Jalen Hurts starting a quarterback and with Taysom Hill on the other sideline, the Eagles walked out and played more zone coverage than they have all season. Uh, and and that significant shift is indicative, A, of, you know, they didn't have much faith in the Saints wide receiver room and in Taysom Hill, so on and so forth. But B, it was acknowledging that Hill's greatest threat was his ability to move with his legs. This is something the Saints should have done against Jalen Hurts, but did not uh, on defense. Looking at how beat up they are at corner yet another season. And what you've got in Kyler Murray in that offense, I would imagine them to be zone heavy again. Now with renewed faith in, in Jim Schwartz to sometimes you know, make some really good decisions Monday to Saturday. Yeah, and I, I likened it to the 2018 Rams game, which, you know, I think is like Jim Schwartz's magnum opus. Where yeah, yeah, he yeah. Shocked us all with his game plan and changed everything up because he's typically not like that. But every now and then 
old Jimbo. Jimbo knows that the temperature in the room. He can feel the he can feel the seat get a little hot, and that's when he comes right. out with just like his best game plans. It's it's so weird because I, I ultimately think that that Jim Schwartz has been a good to very good, depending on which day you catch him, coordinator for the Eagles. This year, I think he's been just a mess. And through some of his own personnel decisions as well, I think he's been really, really bad. I thought this game against the Saints, the willingness to change the the zones that they use, I, th- I thought that was so much better, so right. much better from him. And I would love to see it continue. So we'll see if they're able to do that. What about if we if we look at this Arizona defense here? Pretty, I guess, average across the board, but they do some interesting things. They're ninth in DVOA, they're 13th in points per game. Uh, on third down, they're 14th. They're trending up. That's under 40% over the last three games. In the red zone, they're really good. They're sixth in the league. Uh, I want to I want to start the conversation this way, and we can kind of bounce around to different ideas that we see from the Cardinals, because we also talked about this on the QB Factory. We'll kind of do this a little unconventional. Uh, but, but, like, pull up Game Pass, gentle listener, if you have it. Let's watch some film together. Hello. Uh, Cardinals Giants from last week. Your timestamp, should you choose to accept it, is first quarter nine twenty three. It is third in three on the Giants eight. Score is still nil nil. Giants are in eleven personnel. The Cardinals are in their nickel set initially from the Giants. You're going to get a five wide look with running back Wayne Gallman out wide. Linebacker Isaiah Simmons is out there with him. That's a man indicator. When Gallman motions back to the backfield, they create a three by one. Simmons goes with him, joins Jordan Hicks to double mug the A-gap. That's another man indicator. He's traveling with the motion man again. So it's exactly what you're going to get post-snap, too. You're going to get man coverage. Now, it's press man from the Cardinals, which, as we know, the Eagles wide receivers really struggle against. I mean, every game feels like the 2003 NFC Championship game against the Panthers for them, where they just got mugged at the line in that one. But I'm I'm not still bitter about it. Is this the Todd Payson thing? Yes, this is the Todd Pinkston. That's actually what made me go back and watch that game where Ricky Manning had three interceptions, which was just bonkers. I don't think anybody knew who he was before that. Uh, so that, that one was, still sticks. Was that, the, that was the 03 season, you said? Yeah. I was six. It's what, <laughs> the, the Jake Delhomme Panthers are one of my right. earliest memories of my life. Or watching or watching that team play the Eagles because they yeah. were like them, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Eagles were like and, and the Falcons were like the good yeah. NFC teams at the time. And so like when I when people are like, "What's your earliest memory?" I go, "It's watching Jake Delhomme play for the Panthers. He he played the Rams in the in the playoffs in like two thousand and two. I want to say anyway, this is not important. Mm. But yeah, shout out Jake Delhomme. <laughs> so basically, what you're getting here is the the Cardinals are going to stunt. They're going to drop. Both other linebackers out. They're going to drop Simmons out. They're going to drop Hicks out. Hicks is going to be the low hold defender. Simmons is going to run with the running back because, again, they're in man. And I think this is a two-by-one funnel where if the running back releases to the right, Hicks can take him if he releases to the left. Simmons can take him. The other guy will then be the hold defender. But anyway, what you're getting here, double mug the A-gap. You've got the late rotation from the safety. they got a split safety look. They rotate late to a single high look. So middle of the field close. Press coverage across the board. That low hole linebacker, he can wall crossers, he can spy if he needs to. Then you've got stunts on both sides, which is going to be a real issue. So all these, all this one play right here encapsulates something for me that is going to give the Eagles a lot of troubles. The press coverage, the aggressiveness, the stunts that they can bring with Matt Pryor being on that side. Just the spy, because they have athletes with Hicks and Simmons that can absolutely run mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts. So oh, they can do the a lot of Jordan Hicks revenge game. I didn't even think. <laughs> so when I look at this defense, the way they blitz, 
mm-hmm. the way they cover, the way they deploy these things, I think it can give the Eagles a lot of problems. And they can be really, really confusing for a young quarterback like Hurts. Right, yeah. So Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator in Arizona, it was James Betcher, and then it was Steve Wilkes, and now it's Vance Joseph, and he's the first guy to hold the job for more than a year in the last, like, three or four years. Joseph's aggressive. He wants to come after you. And especially, I mean, when you're an aggressive defensive coordinator, you're aggressive. When you see a rookie quarterback back there, red eyes, ears pinned back. You know what I mean? We're moving. Uh, the Cardinals are fifth in the league in blitz rate behind the Ravens, the Steelers, the Dolphins, three very good defenses, and the Jets. Doesn't matter how well the Jets are playing. Uh, they are... Doesn't matter what the Jets do. Yeah, right, right. And they also are our top five in pressure rate. They're right below Philadelphia. Uh, uh, top five in QB hits. They are physical with you. So they send a ton of rushers and they generate a ton of pressure. Players like Buda Baker, their safety out of Washington, solves their problems for them. Mike talked about safety rotation. They will have Buda line up everywhere. At times, I think mm-hmm. Buda's, like on clear passing outs, I think Buda is like allowed to just go wherever he wants. Like, he's just go this side, that side, A-gap, do whatever you want to do. He just bops around, yeah. and then they'll have him in a deep half. They'll have him in, in, in a deep third. They'll take him from a deep half and blitz him. They He plays so fast and so physical, and he's able to change direction with, with really good instincts, that they allow him to do so much stuff pre-snap that you usually would not allow a player to do. Throw in, as you said, players like uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, players like uh, Isaiah Simmons, who they're slowly onboarding with more success, Hassan Reddick, uh, a Eagles fans, uh, Temple fans will remember as, as a historic player for the Temple program, 13th overall pick, one before Derek Barnett in that 2017 NFL draft, who just had five sacks against the New York Giants, now with 10 on the season. Uh, Reddick is a rush outside linebacker who can drop for them, and they'll move him around. They'll bring on uh, multiple rush backers on third downs, including the white kid 45, his name I don't remember, but he's kind of fun. Like, they got a lot of guys who they're comfortable rushing, dropping, and spinning around. You've got a mobile quarterback in, J- in Jalen Hurts. There's diversion, like, should you blitz a mobile quarterback? Not a neat answer. Rookie, yes. They're, they're, oh, pressure. This is going to be great. We're going to throw blitzers at him. We're going to uh, speed up his process. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw into, into droppers. And one of the main concerns for Philadelphia should be Jalen Hurts throwing first read hot, and he's throwing directly into a dropper. That's a pick six. But so rookie quarterback, sure, blitz him. Mobile quarterback is tricky. Right. When you have a quarterback like Hertz and you go through the New Orleans film, you go through Oklahoma film, he wants to be outside of the pocket. He doesn't want to be in the pocket. He doesn't want to work it. He doesn't want to buy time. He wants to get out. He's a good thrower on the move and he's a great runner. So get out of the pocket, make some plays. Well, let's say you send six. Hertz is really elusive. So you send six, you get a free rusher. Free rushers are objectively not as valuable against mobile quarterbacks. You get a free rusher against Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's going down. You get a free rusher against Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. There's a good chance they get out of there. Uh, and so Jalen Hurts escapes. Now he's outside of the pocket, but you just used six players to get him outside of the pocket. Whereas if you had used four, he probably would have ended up outside of the pocket anyway, right? Because that's where he wants to go. That's where he wants to be. So in this way, blitzing Jalen Hurts may end up to the detriment of the Cardinals. And it will look much right. like it looked against the Saints. The Saints came out in that second half and they sent the house regularly at Jalen Hurts. And at times, they got Malcolm Jenkins flying up the B-gap when the Eagles were trying to set up a screen. And that broke the play. Third and nine, scramble, throwaway punt. It's not a very sustainable way to play football. But at times, you throw six. Jalen Hurts gets outside of the pocket without getting hit, let alone getting tackled. And guess what? You're playing cover one behind it. You got 
four players with their, you know, their eyes on receivers with their backs turned. You got a safety 30 yards deep. The Cardinals not only yeah. are one of the blitz heaviest teams in the league, they are also one of the heaviest man coverage teams in the league. Right now, the Cardinals are running uh, cover one man free at the fifth highest rate of any team in the league. They're behind uh, Jacksonville, yeah. the Patriots, Falcons, and the Lions. It, Which is the play that I just yeah. outlined exactly. Right. The, the, yep, and, that, and, and, and when you run that against... Daniel Jones, what are you telling Jones? You're going to throw your first read anyway because you're Daniel Jones. Yeah. So we're going to muddy the look and press your receivers. For Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is largely a first read passer when he's in the pocket off a of one game sample. You're going to be able to do the same things. Your problem is the Eagles have what something the Giants didn't, which is the rollout game. So you're, you're, you're under gun and you got Jalen Hurts on a sprint out, right? Like he's already leaving the pocket well if you blitz the correct side good you're gonna get a free rusher if you blitz the wrong side you've got three dudes doing nothing and they're just trying to cover a massive expansive distance against Jalen Hurts so again when you take second level players out in order to blitz them in the event Jalen Hurts gets outside of the pocket that's no longer an eight yard gain that's a 25 yard gain right look at that 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 two minute drive against the Saints they're playing cover one and Jalen Hurts said, I will run yeah. this ball in the two-minute drill. I do not care. I'm good at this, and I can get out of bounds. Yes. So is the Cardinals' defense, that that system, is it to the Eagles' benefit? I, I'm not – I don't know. I think for, uh, they got some athletes. I think they're going to be able to spy Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to be able – it's going to be races to the corner. If Jalen Hurts can break that tackle, it's going to be big gains. So I, I think it's going to be – explosive changes in offense. I think that you're going to get three and out drives where the Eagles look totally dead in the water. And then I think you're going to get drives where the Eagles pick up 25 yards on a, on an early play. And then they get to a three and out. And there will be times you get two or three good plays in a row. Uh, I said after the game, when you look at Hertz's heat charts, when you look at his scrambles and his runs, that it just doesn't look sustainable. And I think even if the Eagles get a good performance against the, the Cardinals defense, which is a pretty good defense from Jalen Hurts, I worry it will once again come as a result of eight explosive plays instead of consistent management moving the ball down the field. And they did that in the running game. They had the, some of those long drives, especially that first drive. But once they got out of the script, they really lost that ability. Uh, so I, I, I whiffle waffle. I, I, I go back and forth. I think that Hertz is going to make some big plays against this defense. I think this defense is inclined to give a big plays pretty much anybody. And Hertz's legs makes him a very good candidate for that. But they, we should also expect some second and 18s. I don't think Hurts gets out of this game without taking a sack, uh, as he did against the Saints. That'd be yep. a, that'd be quite something. So we'll see. Joseph's going to come after him. And Hurts is, is as level-headed as they come, and he's a great mover. And so if he pulls this off and is able to make Joseph pay for four quarters for being aggressive, he's unlike any rookie ever, because that level of chillness is really just unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a mixture, too. You know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's not going to be 100%. We're just going to send the house. I mean, it may be the majority of the game plan, but we are going to see a little bit of both. So that's good context to see, well, this could work, but here's why it might not. And if it doesn't work, this is what it looks like. So good context there, Ben. Let's get to the official DraftKings sportsbook line on this game. The Cardinals are favored by six points. The over-under is 49 I am going to make you do math because... 21.5, 27.5. You don't score 0. 0.5. That's what that's what, the, that's what the team totals are. So if you want to take under, it would be 21. If you want to take over, it would be 22. My, Mr. Kist, sir. Boss, Mr. Kist, sorry for raising my voice. <laughs> so say that again because... 21.5, 27.5. <laughs> so let's call it 27.22. 
No, right? you call it 21.5, 27.5, and you go over or under. So if it's like, okay, you think the Eagles score over 21.5 or under 21.5? I'm going to go under, Ben. You. Am I ready? I'm actually going to put it. I'm going to put it right at 20. I think Jake Elliott misses That's an extra point. And garbage yeah. can. Uh, am I ready? Am I willing to do this? You put? Are you putting money? Down no, right now? I'm looking ben. at this. I'm looking. I'm looking at the gift. Cardinals. They have given up fewer than 21.5 points two times this year, and both mm-hmm. it was to the Giants most recently, and to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles scored over. Okay. So now with the Giants, it's with the Giants twenty six points with the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm sorry, 27.5. 27.5. I am going to go. I'm going to go under, actually. I'm going to go under on that. I think it's a lower-ish scoring game, but still fairly close to the over-under. Nah, they think? score more than that. They're going to score like 34. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about these freaking corners. Yeah, I just Goodness. don't. I think you don't have the ability. What you need to do with Murray is not let him get his first look on deep patterns, right? Not let him get his sideline right. shots. And, like, again, if the yeah. Eagles live in zone, okay. But even then, like, there's no Roddy McLeod. So, yeah, uh, if you're going, yeah, if you're going single <laughs> high, you see Marcus Epps back there. You go, okay, so this is 1v1 coverage. Uh, and if you're trying to go yeah. too high, which is dangerous because then you're losing a number against the Kyler Murray running game, which we didn't even talk about how difficult yeah, that right. is to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. But it, they can work their screens off of that, too, because you're not necessarily going to have. Yeah, right, right. And yeah. so if you go too high, well, then, number one, you probably got to pull Jay, Like, if you're playing Jalen Bell's at corner. No Brian McLeod, you go too high, you're going too high with Marcus Epps and, K- and Kayvon Wallace. That may be, I mean, it may be the only way protect, to protect right. those safeties. And then what? So then, but. And so then in the box, you've got Singleton Riley <laughs> and Missing Sean Radley, the hero yeah. of the Saints game, by the way, best player on right. the field, only reason the Eagles best, survived. One of the best plays for it's the defense. It's so obnoxious on the field. he made that play, and he's been on the bench for thirteen <laughs> weeks. I want to die. Spe- t- talk okay. about that play real quick, so people know what we're talking about. Because the Saints had set mm-hmm. this up for a while, and somehow Sean Bradley like read right. Read this so thing. I don't, I don't, the I don't Eagles ran a ton of of rollouts with Jalen Hurts, giving him just half field reads, very simple stuff. And we've talked about the smash concept here on, on the podcast before. Outside receiver couple yards and stop inside receiver runs a corner route right over the top of it the saints were rolling out Taysom hill and running the smash concept as well so just one receiver out quick stop in the flat and then the second receiver runs the corner on top of him and they they did it with Taysom hill against the falcons they did it against the broncos they did it everywhere they include they also did it against the eagles on that fateful fourth and two in which josh sweat got the strip sack which allowed the eagles to drive down the field score and potentially salt the game remember it was like 17 14 the saints felt like they were about to tie this game up or or, or take the lead uh, instead of running smash with that corner route breaking to the sideline, they had uh, Emmanuel Sanders fake the corner and then work vertical into the post, into the deep middle, right? And, and if you get a protection, again, Taysom Hill on, on a sprint out, you know, it's going to be very difficult to chase him all the way down before this route's going to open. If you get that post, it's a touchdown. It's home run. You know, Marcus Epps is way too flat. The Eagles are trying to run co- cover three and they don't have, I think it's, Nickel Roby, I think it's Nickel Roby Coleman to the top of the screen. Uh, Roby Coleman's not gaining enough width. Like they've seen this concept ten thousand times, and they are sitting on it. Sean Bradley is the Mike linebacker, and so he's climbing. The tight end doesn't release, so he's just climbing relative to Sanders. See Sanders start to go vertical and just runs with him. 
Just Sean Bradley. Just six. Just, just sixth round draft pick linebacker Sean Bradley <laughs> at a temple. Just and, and the rule is three up, right? Which which is is it's going to allow Bradley to get outside of his underneath responsibilities and go high with Emmanuel Sanders when he releases vertical. And the fact that it's a, a yeah. rookie, like Nate Gary, would not have done this. I say it with so much confidence that if Nate Gary were in the game over Sean Bradley. A, he wouldn't have tried to run with Emmanuel Sanders, and B, if he did, he wouldn't have been able to. And that's the thing is, like the guy the right. Eagles would have started at linebacker if he were healthy in these shoes would not have made this play, and the Eagles would have been down twenty one seventeen. So, shout out Sean Bradley making the best play I've seen an Eagles linebacker make in living memory. Oh my god! <laughs> and the Eagles beat the Saints. So yeah, so you're gonna play Bradley Singleton, Riley in base, Nick Roby Coleman in the slot, uh, Darius Slay slash Kavon Seymour, and, and Michael Jaquette. On the outside, I mean, this Cardinals interior defensive line is, or excuse me, interior offensive line is horrible. So if, if you Bad, can, terrible. I mean, like Fletch Hargrave and Jackson should, or Jackson if he can play, but Fletch and Hargrave should dominate the end. Like just, oh, it should be awesome. They shouldn't be able to run the ball up the middle. It should be great. But as you know, again, like uh, we should just record me saying this and put it in the podcast. If you can't take away the first three, it doesn't matter. And you watch that that Giants game. The Cardinals had what three trips where they were held to two field goals mm-hmm. by the by the New York Giants. Number one, because their interior offensive line was booty cheeks, and they tried running up the middle, and the Giants have like a 1,000 defensive tackles that are better than their guys, and they were able to stop them. So if the Eagles do win defensively, it's because of that interior. I just don't think it matters when the back end for the Eagles is going to be such a a mess and it was already right and it's not like murray is brady it's not like oh interior pressure he can't throw like murray steps in the bucket (laughs) on every throw anyway murray's dovetailing he's falling out of the back of the pocket leaning over to his right anyway you know what i mean like he's not his (laughs) landing points aren't consistent uh and i mean like so there should be an edge advantage and there should be a massive defensive tackle advantage but murray's just gonna yoke 30 yard prayers to deandre hopkins against whoever's on him anyway you know what i mean at least that's what they should do They're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get hopkins involved more so it is to say you know, when you're on your, what string cornerback is this? Fifth and sixth, God, right? Fifth, yeah, when you're on your fifth and yeah. sixth corner, it's hard to cover, guys. And Eagles fans should know that. We've been here before. Hashtag you analytics. Know. All right, I'm going to go 34 to 20. 34 was mine. That's Cardinal uh, Yeah, I think I think uh, it's 34-29, really? 34-28. I, I, I think that a lot of points will be scored. Like I said, I think Jan Hurts can make some explosive plays. I think they find some deep passes as well. Uh, this cornerback room isn't great, uh, and so uh, I'm excited. If the Eagles' offense continues to look more explosive, look like it can do anything, right? Like just generate some some juice. Obviously, run the football as well against a a pretty rough run defense that's missing Jordan Phillips. Uh, I think that that'll go well for them. Uh, it's tough to see them fully winning this against the Cardinals team that needs this win has a has a week now to prepare for Jalen Hurts. I think that Cardinals are are a well coached team on defense. They'll have some answers, but. 34-29. I think it's going to be extremely encouraging to see if they do put up those type of points and if Jalen Hurts yeah. is decisive and not fooled yeah. a lot by a Cardinals defense that really yeah, can like get I, in I, their I, head yeah. and make I do think like, I think they score a lot, but also like if Hurts just looks battered the whole game, like if he lost. looks like lost the whole game, it's, I, it's Vance, man. Like it is not... I know we said, like, the Saints defense is not the one you want to go up with last week. And then Hurts was like, I'm great, which is why I'm not betting against him this week. I think they're going to score points. 
But if he's bad against Vance, like it, it it's a tough ask. They got some athletes and they're pretty freaking nuts uh, in terms of what they do. Okay. So it's a, it's a tough ask. So second big test in a row for Jalen Hurts. We'll see how the guy does. Uh, I hope he does well. I hope the Eagles win, even though it's going to cost them some uh, draft slots. Whatever, man. Drafts in four months. We'll deal with it then. Ben. At this point, everyone's rooting for the Eagles playoffs because it means that you're stuck with me for another week as the season goes on. <laughs> that's a that's a <laughs> thank new you. Angle. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's, this is my sudden rooting interest. But yeah, so thank you as always uh, for listening to the Kiston Solak Show here on BGN Radio. Now that the clock has begun ticking, uh, we're very thankful for you that, that, that you came by and have, have joined us not only this week, but all these years. Uh, Eagles Cardinals 405 on Fox, Akib Talib and Brandon Gauden. Yeah. Ga- Gowden, Gauden on the call. Either way, it sounds like Brandon Gowden, and that's fun because Brandon Gowden interviewed Brandon Gauden on BGN Radio, so you can catch BLG's interview with the upcoming play-by-play announcer for this game here on the feed. And if you do like the feed, make sure you subscribe and listen and review on whatever app you listen to your podcast. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. We will catch you after the game. We all we got. We all we need. Not for much longer. (laughs) 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 Fly, Eagles, fly. (laughs) Tremendous.